Welcome to Beneath the Rim, covering everything that's happening in and around the NBA. You're about to hear one of our layup episodes. Quick hits of information to keep you up to date on what's happening, but short enough to squeeze in during your morning drive. Check back on Sundays for the full court episode, where host Kevin Kloss chats with the brightest minds covering the league. Now time for the show. Welcome to Beneath the Rim. I'm Kevin Kloss, the host of this podcast and your fellow NBA degenerate. Today is Friday, July 5th, and before we get started, just want to remind everybody to check out rotoheat.com for all your fantasy sports needs, from Dynasty to Redraft Fantasy Football to DFS and major sporting event previews. They've got you covered, and this show is happy to be a part of that network. That's all available at rotoheat.com. So another day has come and gone, and that means another day without a Kawhi Leonard signing. It's really just getting old at this point, and Twitter's starting to run out of memes and fake sources, so let's just get to a decision, shall we? It's either the Raptors or the Lakers, from what we hear. Frank Isola stating yesterday he believed Kawhi's 99.9% going to Toronto, while various Reddit insiders, who actually have been spot on with some other news so far this period are confident the Lakers are a done deal, and they're just hammering out the specifics. I'd be lying if I said I had any idea where this is going to end up. Clearly, it's Raptors or it's the Lakers. I'm kind of starting to come around to the Lakers, just in terms of a fan of the NBA. It'd kind of be cool, right, to watch AD, LeBron, and Kawhi. Even if you don't really care for the Lakers, and that's the camp I'd put myself into, that's a fun team. That would be more fun than I felt like... Miami was when LeBron first went there. Significantly more fun than I felt when Durant went to Golden State. That was a move I just couldn't stand. I could get into Kawhi on the Lakers. I'd lose some sleep to watch that team run up and down the floor. I suspect we're getting an answer later today. We're recording this early in the morning, so by the time you listen to this, if it's right away, maybe he hasn't signed, but if you're listening to it in the evening, chances are he signed in either Toronto or L.A. Now, tonight's going to kick off the Vegas NBA Summer League, and that's with all 30 teams. But before that, let's recap some of what we saw during Summer League action in Salt Lake City and the California Classic. So Salt Lake City Summer League, it's it's just three days, so oftentimes if we see someone run the first two nights, we won't see them the third or sometimes rotations will be on an every-other-night basis. So we didn't see Tony Bradley in the final night of Summer League in Salt Lake, but even without that, he stood out as potentially the best player in Utah. He averaged 20 points and 15 rebounds. Now, as we've gone over, the offensive game is a little raw. He needs to be more assertive on the offensive end, but defensively, at the worst, he's a rim protector who has a nose for the ball. And for the Jazz, who probably are just looking for some depth now, feeling like they have a pretty strong starting five, you could do worse than someone like Tony Bradley as a backup to Rudy Gobert. I think he's done enough. I want to see what he does in this next level as we head to Vegas starting today. I want to see if he continues to shine as, you know, the spotlight's going to get cranked up a little bit going from Salt Lake City to Vegas. The play's going to go up. I want to see, can Tony Bradley up his game as well? 
We've talked a little bit about what we saw out of the Spurs players, whether that was Lonnie Walker or Keldon Johnson. And Lonnie Walker wraps up his Salt Lake City Summer League with 19 points and 8 rebounds in just 29 minutes. I feel real good about Lonnie Walker. I said that on Wednesday's episode, and I'll say it again right now. I think he's a guy who didn't do much his first year, largely due to injury. I know DeMar DeRozan's still there. I know Rudy Gay is still there, but DeRozan's on the last year of his deal. Rudy Gay is aging and just can't do it at the same level night in and night out. I think Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson are both going to see significant numbers this year. So once again, I want to see what Lonnie Walker does as we head to Vegas. Now, Kai Bowman, he really had a chance to shine out in Salt Lake and really kind of just didn't do it. There's really only a few noticeable names on that Golden State Summer League roster. He didn't do much for me. He's a capable scoring guard from BC, but in 22 minutes on Wednesday, shot just two of six, didn't get to the line, managed only four points while committing three fouls. If Golden State continues to be set up the way we've seen it in the past, very top-heavy with those studs at the start of their roster, there's room for a guy like Kai Bowman. If he continues to get run in Vegas, I think it's important for him to show Golden State a little more if he's going to be a part of that team that sticks past Summer League and past training camp. A guy we've talked maybe to death so far this week, Tyler Hero, but he was solid once again. 20 points, 5 rebounds. Now he only shoots 2 of 11 from 3, so while I think he was one of the more impressive players we saw at the beginning of this week, let's not overreact. You know, He's still a guard that has things to work on. He still has a ways to go. I want to see him in Vegas. I want to see when the lights go on and the pressure goes up a little bit. Is he still a guy that can create his own shot? You know, that's what we talked about when he came out of Kentucky was he wasn't just a spot-up shooter. It wasn't just a stand-in-the-corner Kyle Korver kind of guy. He can put the ball on the floor. He can create his own shot. He's a shot creator. I want to see more of that from him. He can't shoot 2 of 11 from 3. And obviously, this is a one-game sample size where he didn't shoot the 3 very well. I still like him. I think on that Miami team that's adding Jimmy Butler, he's going to be a nice second piece. And who knows? Lots of rumblings out there. There could be Bradley Beal heading to Washington. And reportedly, Bradley Beal wants to take John Wall with him. You know, if they ended up in Miami, now all of a sudden there's a lot less pressure on someone like Tyler Hero. I think he could have a real strong rookie year. Let's see what he does in Vegas. Keenan Evans got a lot of run for the Grizzlies on the third. Not familiar with Keenan Evans, uh, he was part of the Delaware Blue Coats roster of the G League last season. He shipped in 20 points on Wednesday while hitting 3 of 4 from 3 to close out the tournament. It's a nice showing. I don't think this is much of a springboard for him, you know. As Salt Lake City was winding down, I expected to see a performance like this from somebody where somebody would stand out and have a real good game. But let's not make too much of that, you know. In the previous two games before that, he only managed six points total, so that's a good showing by Keenan Evans. Who knows? Maybe he proves me wrong in Vegas and just sets the league on fire and shows that he can be a guy who can play the second-year man out of Texas Tech. That's not what I expect, but just want to make note of what he did to wrap up Salt Lake City. Vegas gets underway today. We've got a full slate of games starting at 3.30. It'll all tip off with the Detroit Pistons and Croatia. So, not exactly a star-studded lineup to get started. There's not a ton of players on Detroit that I think people are clamoring to get a look at. I'd say the one player that maybe Detroit fans, at least, are going to want to see, that's Sekou Dumboye, lottery pick of the Pistons. 
I've seen some comps to an early Pascal Siakam. I just don't think he's ready to play. I just don't think Dumboye is ready for the league right now. Looks a little thin to me. Doesn't look like the offensive game is really there. Defensively, I think he could hold his own on the court and get some minutes. I'd like to see him do well. I think it'd be good for the Vegas NBA Summer League to get an international player who comes on and really does well. I just think that's good for the environment of Summer League. But truth be told, I just don't think he's ready to play in the NBA right now. That doesn't mean I don't want him to do well. Get somewhat of a soft open going up against Croatia. I had really hoped to see Darius Garland, and despite the fact that he is on the Summer League roster, I'm being told he's not actually going to play, but he's on the roster so he can take part in team activities. Someone who is going to play is Kevin Porter Jr., and I think he's going to get a lot of coverage. He was talked about a lot for a guy who didn't end up going in the lottery. Some of that's because of the raw skill set that he has, and some of that's about his history off the court. A little bit of a troubled pass for Kevin Porter Jr. If he can put it all together upstairs, I think he's got all-star potential. But that's the question. Can he put it all together upstairs? He should get a lot of minutes, though, for Cleveland during Summer League. And in his first game today, he's going to go up against Minnesota, and that should include Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech. Interested to see Jarrett Culver at the next level. Thought he was kind of a one-move guy in college. Think if you were to take away that quick first step he has and make him go to a secondary move, he struggled. Not much of a three-point shooter yet. Want to see what he looks like in his first action in the NBA. Now the game everybody is kind of talking about for NBA Summer League tonight. And that's the Pelicans and that's the Knicks. 9.30 on ESPN. Pelicans, Knicks. A year ago, maybe that doesn't mean much. But here's what that means this summer. That means Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett. They were teammates at Duke last year, and their first professional games, though it is Summer League, they're professionals, though. Their first professional games against each other on ESPN. I am really excited to see what Zion can do. I'm sure I'm not the only one who can't wait to see him at the professional level. And I want to see R.J. Barrett, you know. Crazy as it sounds, I think R.J. Barrett's going to be better getting away from someone like Zion Williamson. Zion commands so much pressure, so many touches, and Zion doesn't really step out and shoot the ball. Barrett wants to get to the rim. The best way for Barrett to get to the rim is to have driving lanes. And you just don't get as many driving lanes when you have someone who's not going to step out and shoot, doesn't stretch the floor, and really camps in the lane. Zion is one of the best prospects I've ever seen but I think Barrett's going to do well to just get away from that a little bit. Heading into Summer League, a guy I was super excited for, Michael Porter Jr. He was a star when he arrived at Missouri, got hurt early, never really recovered to the point where he could regain his draft stock. He slipped in the draft last year, ended up getting taken by Denver, and never really contributed anything. Injured his left knee in practice the other day. He's not going to play in Vegas, but I'm being told he will be ready for the start of training camp. Excuse me if I don't exactly believe that. Michael Porter Jr. is that guy who, if he doesn't ever get healthy, I don't think many of us will be shocked. But if he can get healthy and get on the floor, this guy is a star in the making. Unfortunately, we're not going to see him in Vegas. When we think about Vegas and like who are the guys who could be tournament MVPs or really shine, and sometimes that's going to be a second-year guy, I think Mo Bamba, who's on the Orlando Magic roster, has a real shot. 
He's a seven-footer who's added muscle this offseason. He's shown he's got a deep shooting stroke in some of those online clips, whether you want to believe those or not. Hurt most of last year, and Orlando just paid Nick Vucevic $100 million. So Bamba's got something to prove, and maybe he wants to show that, hey, I understand we got the all-star in Vucevic, but I'm worth playing time as well. They play the same position. You could try to play them together. They tried it last year. It didn't work great. So Bamba's going to have to really scrap and fight for his minutes this coming year. This could be a great way to take that first step. Can he have that good first game in Summer League? 10 p.m. tip-off against the Spurs. We've talked about some of the Spurs guys who I think are going to be real good players. Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson, but someone else who I want to see is Luka Sumanic. Now, he's thin. He's only about 6'10 and about 230 pounds, but he's a stretch four, and I think they look at him as he's the stretch four of the future after they move on from Aldridge. I want to see what he can do in Vegas. Can he hang with the guys down low? Can he stretch the floor? Is he an effective enough shooter? They took him in the first round. They took him at pick 19 in the first round, so they must think he can play. And let's just not forget about just the experience that San Antonio has with taking international players and turning them into stars. I heard someone refer to Sumanich as a combination of Manu Ginobili and Tony Kukoc. I don't know if I'd go that far. I haven't seen enough tape on him, but he is definitely a guy I want to see when he goes up against Orlando. Might be good if we can get a little Bamba Sumanich matchup, see how they compare to each other, a second-year player versus the international rookie, and see who comes out on top. NBA Summer League, they're going head-to-head in Vegas at 10 p.m. tonight. That's going to do it for another layup episode of Beneath the Rim. As a reminder, please, if you like what you hear, go into iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you're getting your podcasts. Subscribe to the show so you get our new content each and every week. This Sunday, we are going to drop a full court episode that's a longer conversation between myself and Kevin Popper. He covers the NBA and the Knicks for Newsday. We talked about... Free agency, not going the way the Knicks wanted to. What was the thought process around the league? From what he told me, and I don't want to give away the whole conversation, but from what he told me, executives and writers and insiders around the league were shocked to the degree of which the Knicks were shut out. He told me the Knicks couldn't get a meeting with a top 20 free agent. So that's just a tease of the conversation that I had with Kevin Popper covering the Knicks for Newsday. The easiest way for you to make sure you can hear that conversation, subscribe to Beneath the Rim wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Kevin Kloss. Thanks for listening. Don't miss a moment of the action. Subscribe to Beneath the Rim for automatic delivery of new episodes in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.